So uh, chapter 12, verse 1 starts with, in the meantime. So it, it, chapter 11 ends with uh, the lawyers challenging Jesus, which we're familiar with. If you've read through the gospel accounts, they were constantly uh, challenging him and trying to bring things up so that they might be able to bring charges against him, arrest him, seize him, and drag him away. Uh, so, so that's continuing. So when we see in the meantime, that's where that's coming from. It says, in the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that, they, so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will, be, that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear and inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So it, it, where it says in the meantime, so that's, that's kind of the setting. And Jesus is continuing to move toward Jerusalem in his ministry uh, here. So an innumerable amount of people. So there are, uh, uh, we, we would say here there's a bunch of people. You know, there's a there's a there's a lot of people following Jesus. So many so that people are getting trampled. People are getting hurt. You know, when when people get trampled, uh, those are bad things. I remember my sister saying she went to like a Metallica concert. Uh, you know, she uh, you know grew up in the '80s, had the spike uh, the the spike um, mohawk shaved here. No kidding, like actual spikes you know, drummer in a band, and uh, she was a rebel, an 80s rebel, and she said she went to a concert, and people were getting trampled, and she got knocked over and was falling back, and this big dude behind her catches her and lifts her up and says something, and she realized that guy probably saved her life. I mean, uh, I remember as a kid hearing about these 80s and 90s big rock band concerts that people were getting trampled to death, and uh, just awful, but uh, that's that's on a, a different a different level. So people in in a in a large crowd getting trampled is not necessarily a great thing. Uh, so uh, you know, obviously there was some order, you know, being uh, restored there. Uh, but yeah, so people are getting trampled. People are getting hurt. There's so many people around that want to hear Jesus. They want to see Jesus. They want to hear Jesus. And so all these are coming around. And the <clears throat> what we read here is that. He began to say to say to his disciples, first of all, so he's primarily speaking to his disciples, but no doubt the people around would hear them also. But he's uh, as he's as he's teaching here uh, and speaking to the, the disciples, this is uh, you know what he's saying is beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So uh, as he's primarily speaking to the disciples, they everybody around starts hearing of the the hypocrisy, the leaven, the sin in in the uh, Pharisees, the religious leaders' lives is their hypocrisy. So it, it, that's uh, you know ultimately he's already they, you know they're not on good terms with Jesus. They don't they don't want to be around him. They don't want him to be speaking. And now you know he's continuing to uh, to rebuke them and and to uh, to speak of them and uh, the. Where he's saying the hypocrisy, and he says the leaven. Now uh, we've discussed here. So expositional constancy within the scripture means that if something is is used to describe uh, something, so in this case, leaven would describe a sin and how sin can permeate, just like leaven yeast does, 
it permeates through the dough and it affects it all and it rises. And that's that's so when Jesus is saying that he's saying what's permeating the lives that's coming out of the uh, the Pharisees and permeating lives is their hypocrisy. So he says, beware of it. Now, remember in the scripture, when there's a beware, it's because we have to be vigilant. We have to understand those things. So in our lives, uh, you know, we should always be aware. We should always be on guard. You know, for us, we uh, we don't usually walk it, you know, look at each other. We'll say, hey, look out for right in our in our culture. We're not usually saying beware, you know, um, you know, that's more of like the sign beware of dog and you see the chihuahua or whatever, you know, uh, but it's it's. You know, so that that word beware, we don't use beware much uh, in in our culture. Maybe, at least I don't. Maybe, uh, but you know, it's usually hey hey uh, you know watch out for this or uh, hey be careful about this. It's that that same implication that that our minds um, need to be aware that uh, that there's something that that could potentially be dangerous. So Jesus is saying here, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now. Uh, I think we all know uh, and we've all heard the word hypocrite and we've all heard hypocrisy. Um, I don't know that we're all aware of how big of hypocrites we can all be and, and often are uh, on a daily basis in our lives. You know, the, the, the hypocrite is, is actually a word that, as we've sat in this in teaching in here, uh, is somebody would, who would wear a mask and play another part. And that's that's why we understand it. Like, hey, you say one thing, but you do another. Uh, and and how often in our lives, like I said, hopefully not, but it could be daily in our lives that we are are saying one thing and uh, and practicing another. Do as I say, not as I do. Right? How many times have we have we heard that jokingly, and actually had to say, I, I, you know, yes, I know, I drive like this, but you can't drive like that. You know, some of some of the the, the things that that will hold people to a higher standard than, than we do ourselves. And, and the Lord would, would uh, re, he rebuked the religious leaders for that, uh, you know, quite a bit, that they would put a bigger burden on everybody else when they can't even fulfill their own burdens that they're placing on others. So hypocrisy, somebody who's wearing a mask and, um, I know I've said it before, but, uh, you know, how many times have we said or heard uh, as we're sharing is I'm not going to go to church because it's just full of a bunch of hypocrites. You can't argue that like you really can't, you know, and and uh, their church is full of hypocrites. It's also full of uh, people who are redeemed hypocrites. You know, we our lives shouldn't be hypocrisy, but we're we're hypocrites that have been changed and are being changed, being washed, being you know, our lives are changing. The more we're in the word, the more we're in prayer, the more we're in fellowship. Those three things are so important for us to be changed. And so, you know, the church is full of hypocrites. Yep, it's also full of whatever else you want to say. But it's people, you know, the church is a hospital. You guys have heard that before. It's a place for us to meet together and to be here and to be strengthened and to strengthen one another. You know, you know, just like like Steve can't be here today. So, you know, he knows we love him. He knows we want him to be here uh, and uh, we want to have fellowship with him. He can't be, but he's encouraged by that. I know he is. You know, those, those some of those those basic things of, yeah, the church is full of a lot of things. And hopefully it's mostly full of the love of God. And 
that that changes our hearts. So yes, I mean, if you read First Corinthians six and you see the list of those people that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven and realize that yes, oh my goodness, how many of those can I check off? That's scary. That's frightening. Okay, I was on my way to hell, and but and so so I, I encourage you that at any time you're sharing your faith and somebody says oh, I'm not going to church full of hypocrites. Okay, let's talk. You know, are you going to let somebody else's relationship or lack thereof with God uh, dictate whether you have a relationship with God or not? You know, so it's important to understand. Yes, you know what? There, unfortunately, there are people that that uh, are are in the church that are not representing the love of God and the Word of God well. But that's an excuse to not go to church. Really, it is. You know, I, I'm not going to church. Okay, okay, so you're better than everybody else is really what they're saying. So they're, you see the hypocrisy, right, in what's, what's being said, right? So, and like I said, I, I uh, you know, we can all those, uh, uh, you know, I remember Will saying years ago, we point to somebody, you know, one finger's pointing that way, but we got three coming back this way, right? So so uh, it, it's very important to understand we are sin, sinners and, and we are going to sin. Not that we should accept it and continue in it, as the scripture tells us. But understanding that none of us are are perfect. But uh, I hope that hypocrisy is not said amongst in <clears throat> excuse me our lives. I don't want it being said of me. But yeah, you can tell you know we can tell somebody or tell ourselves sometimes. I'm not going uh, a bunch of hypocrites over there. Well, you know what? You know, well, let's go over and let's establish relationships, and then we can maybe address the things that were bothering us or whatever. So. Jesus is saying the religious leaders, beware of the religious leaders, because what's being what's coming out, what's being shown in their life is the hypocrisy. You know, we don't want the fruit of our lives to be contrary to what we're saying. So it's very important that if we're saying something that our our lives match that it's so, so important for us. So but the Lord is is warning against hypocrisy. He says, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Mark 7, 6 says, uh, Jesus, oh, sorry, I, I, I moved ahead a little bit. I did want to share one thing on the hypocrisy. I had a, a, a note written down from Mark chapter uh, 7, verse 6. The Lord, Jesus said, Isaiah was right. This is, uh, yeah, Mark 7, verse 6. Uh, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, that's that's the, the if you want an example of what a hypocrite is, it's somebody who wears a mask and hides because what they say does not match, uh, you know, the, the, the condition of their heart. And, uh, and that's the important thing. So I'm sorry that I had to back up for that, but I, I realized I didn't, I told you guys it was going to happen a little bit, right? So just, just stay with me here. Um, as we're looking at, at verses uh, two and three, there's a revealing of what is said and, and what is happening in somebody's life. First Corinthians four, verse five says, God will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal counsels of the heart. Uh, then each one's praise will come from God. So 
I, I love that. God will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels uh, or, or motives of the heart. And it says, I, I was I was struggling to read my own notes. Um, then each one's praise will come from God. That's an amazing thing. Like that praise would come from God, not like lifting out, lifting us up, but hey, good job. You know, that 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 pat on the back that, hey, you know, well done, good and faithful sir. I mean, there's so much of us I, I know where we're just like, I just hope I make it to heaven. Like you slide under the tag and, you know, say, you know, that save, you know, sometimes there's that approach that, that we've had in our lives. Like, I, you know, I just want to get there. But the Christian's goal should be so much more than that. The, Chris, the person that's walking with the Lord should be so much more than that. Like, oh, I just want to get there. It's no, you know what? I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. That's what that's what our goal is. That's what we're pushing for is to please the Lord, because that means fulfillment in this life and in the next. And we're going to see, uh, you know, as we continue to go through what we're studying today, that as our focus in life changes uh, there, he will be our desire, not everything else around us. So, you know, what is being spoken of, you know, all, all these things, uh, what, there's nothing hidden that, you know, we've done that the Lord doesn't know about. You know, there isn't something like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know I've got it in this. Remember as kids, I remember you, you got the secret pockets that you didn't you didn't know you had, like in jackets. I remember my um, my uh, older brother is two years older than me, and um, I, well, there are five of us. I'm number four. And uh, my older brother, he and I kind of, you know, uh, you know, I just follow him around all the time. And uh, when we were, you know, just school age kids, you know, and, and, and he'd always be like, Oh yeah, my jeans have the secret pocket, this little, you know, the inner pocket here. That's where I put my guitar picks and stuff like that. You know, we have the, the, the secret pocket or, you know, in here and you think, Oh no, nobody knows about this, you know, and, and those things. We don't have those spiritually where we can go, Oh God doesn't know about this. You know, he does, he does know. And, uh, so he knows the, the inner parts of our hearts and, uh, yet he still loves us. You know what? I, I I love that because as we're reading these, I'm seeing hypocrisy. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I've had that there in my life, or uh, whatever it may be. The Lord sees it all, and uh, there there's nothing that's going to be hidden. Uh, I like that. I like that because it it also holds us accountable. It also, you know, it's uh, accountability is an important thing for us. Amen. Right? Yeah. So uh, verse four says, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him after he has, uh, who, sorry, fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. So, as we look at verses, uh, let's just keep reading. Uh, verse six: uh, Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten by God, uh, forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear; therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So the fear of the Lord, uh, as, as we're reading this, that. Uh, you know, obviously, when I when I read that and I look at our culture and uh, you know where uh, what the culture that my my kids are growing up in, 
and uh, and then I can look at okay, the my generation when we grew up, and then the generations before, and you, you know you kind of look at that generational. And as, in in America, we've just seen a, either a steady decline or just a cliff. You know, really, right? The fear of of God. And I know I, I, I remember myself standing here uh, saying this, but there, there isn't a point where we're going to you know, boldly stand before God and, and proclaim how he's wronged us in our lives and you know, what's wrong. That's not ever going to happen. No, nobody's ever going to stand before God and, and stand and, oh, I'm going to tell you, no, no. I've heard it several times, people saying, well, I, I, I got a few things to talk to him about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, no. I, when you can bring it down, okay. What would scare you here on Earth? Okay, it, multiply that by infinity, and you are going to be so much more fearful when you stand before the Lord. You know, trying to in your in your uh, in your uh, pride stand there and say, "Oh, I got a couple things to say. You you better answer me." Okay, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The fear of the Lord. Um, I'm going to read a few verses. You, if you can turn there, if you want to turn there, you're more than welcome to. I've got them tabbed, uh, so it's easier for me just to go back there. But uh, from Isaiah 51, uh, verse 7 says, Listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of men nor be afraid of their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. So as we're, as we're reading here, and, and the Lord is saying, hey, don't be afraid of those that can kill you. Don't be afraid of... Uh, is somebody that can stop our hearts from beating because the Christian knows we die one time and then we're with the Lord. We don't have the second death. So what, what Jesus is saying, what the Lord is saying to us is don't live your life in fear of man. You can't, you know, like it says in Isaiah right here, it says, do not fear the reproach of man, nor be afraid of their insults. You know, the Lord knows who man is. We convince ourselves that they are they're they're stronger than God. Ultimately, when you look at it, that this person is stronger in my life than God could ever be. So I'm going to fear them more than I'll fear the Lord. That's the lie we we create and we believe in our hearts when we fear man over God. That's literally what's happening. Is we think that that person or that circumstance is stronger than the Creator of the universe. That's, uh, th that's a problem. That's a bad thing. Verse 12 of Isaiah 51 says, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid, afraid of a man uh, who will die? And of the son of man who will be made like grass. And you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of your oppressor? Look, look back, or just I'll listen back if you haven't turned there. Um, 
I, even I, am the Lord who comforts you. And then in the beginning of verse 13, it says, And you forget the Lord, your maker, who stretched out over the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. There's a big contrast there. There's man that, you know, he's, he's saying, what are you afraid of? A man that, that will die or the eternal God that created everything? Which, which one, right? It, it, it should be an easy answer for us. I'm, I'm going to fall apart over here. Um, it should be an easy answer for us. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes uh, and often, uh, too often, uh, it's the temporary, the thing that we can see right in front of us. Instead of following our faith and following the Lord and, and, and listening to the Holy Spirit as he's speaking to us, we're going to look at the circumstances or hear the words or see the person and, 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 and choose to obey them rather than the Lord. You know, it's, it's uh, something in our lives that we cannot do. Because once we we start down that road, we continue down that road, and uh, and we don't even want to start there. So my encouragement to you and to me, this the scripture is encouraging me also, because whatever the circumstances or people, whatever it is, those things are going to come in our lives. Be prepared for that. It's going to happen uh, to a hundred percent of us. We are going to be challenged whether you're going to you're going to believe the Lord or you're going to believe the, the person or the circumstances. You know, and, and sometimes those persons, those, the, the circumstance may have a threat. OK, great. You have a threat. I'm going to I'm just going to fear the Lord and I'm going to walk with him and uh, and and trust in the Lord. Psalm 190 verse 120 says, my flesh trembles for fear of you and I am afraid of your judgments. That's the proper place of God. We, we need to understand who he is. Instead of being like, hey, God, my pal, uh, my best friend, I'm just going to, yes, he should be our best friend. But we have to understand who he is. And I know I've described that before. I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record. But like I said, uh, you know, the, the man upstairs, or there's so many things that can be used to, to bring God off of his throne. And understanding he's the creator of everything. We have nothing to be able to stand in his presence on our own. Nothing. No person ever uh, can stand in front of him and go, I deserve, I, you need to, uh, you know, you give me an account of this. It just doesn't happen. It's not. So understanding who he is and having a proper fear of him. Jesus says he has the power uh, in verse 5 uh, to cast into hell. And that's based on the decisions we've made in our life, whether we accepted or rejected him. You know, the the concept of hell, um, I remember uh, that song by ACDC, Hell's Bells, you know, and I, I remember there's, uh, no, not, not Hell's Bells, uh, it was uh, Highway to Hell, the song Highway to Hell. Um, and uh, it's on the movie um, Megamind. They have that song playing, and I love that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, you can tell I have kids. But we're watching it, and and what they do is is they've got you know ACDC singing it, and it's the highway to, and and instead of saying hell, they they've dubbed in some weird little funny sounds, and then it will come back into that, and and that song is literally, and it says all my friends will be there, you know, and it's just like that's. That was written by somebody that doesn't understand what the true hell is. There's no way that if anybody understood what hell actually is, that they would want to be there. They could say, well, I just don't want to be in heaven. So if the only other option is, 
is to go to hell. No, no, you don't want the other option. None of us want the other option. We deserve the other option, but we don't want it. No, no, it's created for the devil and, and his group of fallen angels as, as punishment for them. And it's a separation from God forever. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. None of that sounds good to me. None of it does. It just uh, eternal torment and, and hopelessness. And uh, I, I don't want that. We we have never experienced uh, a complete absence of the Lord in our lives. You know, he, he sheltered us and everything. But that complete shutout, you know, when we hear of it in the scripture where the Lord doesn't hear prayer, uh, those things, he still exists, though. You know, there's still there's still hope for a repentance later. Um I, I don't want that alternative where, no, everything's done, and this is where you're going to be forever. No, thank you. So that highway to hell, say, hey, it's a party, and we're going to party our way right to hell. <sighs> Probably not a song you want to sing. Uh, it, it's just it's awful. So um, we, need to, we need to fear him. But he, uh, the, the blessing of everything that we're reading and we understand is that no matter – that. We, we should fear him um, because of his power, but he has such a love for us. You know, that's, that's an amazing thing and uh, amazing love and care for us. He wants us to, uh, to experience his blessing in life and with him forever. You know, he wants to bless our lives. How many times do we say, no, thanks. I got this thing here that's completely destroying my life. I'd rather have that and the misery that comes with it. Put put an X there, like I told you that that the that, that band disciple, uh, dear X. So so don't mistake in that as he's writing it to an ex girlfriend or whatever. He's writing it to what used to own his life, dear hate, dear fear, dear I can't remember all the things, but he's saying, dear whatever you used to own me, you don't own me anymore. Great song, you can listen to the acoustic version if you want. Uh, if you don't like the the rock sound, I know Shane likes the rock sound. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you, if, but it's, it's a, it's a fantastic song of saying this, this no longer has dominion over my life anymore. Christ has dominion over my life and it's, you don't own me. You know, I know I'm in your crosshairs, but you don't own me anymore. Um, so the Lord is speaking, uh, speaking in, in this specific uh, spot, telling them, you know, don't, don't be afraid of somebody that can take your life. Have fear of the Lord and follow the Lord, and he's going to lead us. Uh, I was blessed in my study to find uh, a, a portion of a book that David Guzik uh, used to describe this, this part that I'm going to read to you. Um, I, I, I sometimes struggle when I'm reading because I'll try to read you know, five lines ahead or whatever. Uh, so I'm gonna, it's a little bit lengthy, but it's extremely powerful. And uh, as I was studying, I, I was blessed by it. Um, because it's 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 something that we can learn from. It's it's describing a uh, a martyr, our brother from the year 1555. So a couple days ago, you know, this happened 600 years ago almost, and uh, his name is uh, was uh, Roland Taylor. In 1890, John Ryle described his death in a book. But uh, we're, we're speaking of Roland Taylor. He was an Englishman. And so I'm going to read to you uh, what, is, what is written here. It's excerpts from the, from the book. 
um, uh, uh, that that's or or a summary of the book that uh, as I was reading it, I was like, I can't not share this. I I have to I have to share this. So uh, what I'm reading says. In a book first printed in 1890, John Ryle describes the death of Roland Taylor, who was executed in England because he believed that priests could marry and that the bread of wine, bread and wine of communion, uh, did not become the actual literal body and blood of Jesus. So that's why he was executed. So when we read on, that's why he was executed. That's that's why he lost his life is because he believed that priests should be able to, to marry, and he didn't believe uh, in uh, the Eucharist, where uh, there's uh, the, the blood and wine actually turns into the actual blood and body of, of Jesus. Uh, on the last day of January, 1555, Roland Taylor appeared with two others before the Bishop of Winchester and was charged with heresy and dividing the church. When they refused to change their minds, they were condemned to death. When condemned, they replied back to the bishop, We know that God, the righteous judge, will require our blood at your hands, and the proudest of all of you shall repent, receiving this, uh, receiving again of Antichrist and of the tyranny you now show against the flock of Christ. That's quite a, you know, hey, you're going to die. And they're saying, well, our blood's going to be on your hands and you're going to answer for it. On February 4th, Taylor was kicked out of the priesthood. And that night, his wife and son were permitted to eat dinner with him. After dinner, they left with much affection and tears. The next day, he was led out to Hadley to be executed so that he would be burned to death in the city where he served as a pastor uh, in front of his congregation. So he was to be executed in front of his congregation. When they left the London jail on the morning of February 5th, it was still dark. Taylor's wife suspected he might be taken that morning. So she waited with her two daughters outside the jail. When she called out to him, the sheriff allowed her to come with her daughters for one last meeting with her husband. Roland Taylor took his little daughter Mary up in his arms with Eliz uh, while Elizabeth knelt with him and said the Lord's Prayer. They prayed together, then kissed and hugged, and Taylor said to his wife, <clears throat> getting a little choked up as I'm reading this, sorry, farewell, my dear wife, be of, of good comfort, for I am quiet in my conscience. God shall raise up a father for my children. He kissed his daughter Mary and said, God bless you and make, your, uh, make you his servant. And kissing Elizabeth, he said, God bless you. I pray you all uh, stand strong and steadfast to Christ and his word. And he was led away. His and as he was led away, his wife called out, God be with you, dear Rowan. I will, with God's grace, meet you at Hadley. The journey from London to Hadley took several days. And along, and all along the trip, Rowan Taylor was joyful and merry, as if he were going to a banquet or a party. But on February 9, 1555, they came into Hadley. When they were still two miles from town, Taylor leapt, uh, leap, 
leaped, leapt, sorry, leapt off his horse and started on foot. But he was walking, uh, walking fast as if he were dancing. The sheriff asked him how he felt. And he said, well, God be praised, good master sheriff, uh, never better. For I know that I'm almost home, even at my father's house. Oh, good Lord, I thank you. I shall yet uh, once before I shall yet once before I die see my flock, whom you he's, he's still speaking to the Lord Lord know I have most heartily loved and most truly taught. Good Lord, bless them and keep them steadfast in Thy word and truth. When they came into Hadley, they put a hood over his head and came over. A bridge. At the foot of the bridge was a poor man with five children who cried out, Oh, dear father and good shepherd, Dr. Taylor, God help you as you have many a time helped me and my poor children. The streets were crowded on both sides with people who wanted to see him. When they saw him being led to death, they cried and wept with all their strength. The people cried out, Ah, good Lord, there goes our good shepherd from us that so faithfully taught us so fatherly has cared for us and so godly has governed us. Oh, merciful God, what shall we poor scattered lambs do? What shall come of this most wicked world? Good Lord, strengthen him and comfort him. Taylor answered back. I have preached to you God's word and truth and am Come this day to seal it with my blood. When they came to the town square, he heard the multitude uh, and asked where they were. When they told him they were at the place where he would be executed, he said, Thank God I am even at home. And he took the hood from and he took the hood from his head. When the people saw his face, there was an outpouring of emotion. They wept and cried out, God save you, good Dr. Taylor. Jesus Christ strengthen you, the Holy Spirit comfort you, and many other such things. Taylor wanted to be wanted to speak to the people one last time, but as he opened his mouth, a guard put a spear right up uh, to his open mouth and made him stop. He started giving away his clothes, first his boots, then his uh, then his coat and jacket, till all he had left were his pants and shirt. Then he cried out with a loud voice, Good people, I have taught you nothing but God's holy word. And those lessons that I have taken out of, God, of God's blessed book, the Holy Bible. And I am come here to today to seal it with my blood. But then one of the guards clubbed him over the head and said, uh, Is that keeping your promise of silence, you heretic? So seeing that he could not speak, he knelt down to pray. A poor woman came to kneel beside him and pray, and the guards tried to push her away, but she wouldn't go. When he had prayed, he came to the stake, when he, uh, he would be tied to, and he kissed it, stepped into a barrel, and stood with his hands folded in prayer and his eyes toward heaven as they tied him to the stake. After some agonizing delays, they finally lit the fire, and Roland Taylor uh, prayed out loud, Merciful Father of heaven, for Jesus Christ, my Savior's sake, receive my soul into your hands. 
Then he stood perfectly as the flame, as the fires arose around him without crying or moving until a guard clubbed him in the head and his dead corpse fell into the fire. And there was a marker left that simply said, Dr. Taylor in defending that which was good at this place left his blood. I know that was lengthy and I hope, I hope you stayed with me through it. It's a, when Jesus said, do not fear man, you know, don't fear someone who can kill you. This man understood what that meant. That when they put a spear to his mouth, okay, then I'm just going to pray. I'll speak through my actions. You know, this man, and I'm reading this as a father and as a husband, and I'm going, oh my goodness, that I'd have to pray for someone else to be my kid's dad. You know, I, I know that any any dad, that's like the biggest fear is that somebody else is going to be, you know, called dad or, or raise my kids up. But he, you know, and, and, to, and to see how loving and how faithful he and his wife was to him and he was to her, and that their relationship was founded on God. I mean, I had to read that. We, we had to cover that today because it's so potent. It's so powerful. And, you know, it's the, the conditions and what can happen in this world around us will threaten us. Uh, and this isn't like a, a, a COVID thing at all. This, uh, that's, that's not what I'm saying here. But anything, anything that, that could happen to try to shut us up, to not proclaim the word of God is we need to take a stance in our lives and do so. And so, so this is, I'm not making a political statement at all. I'm just saying that in our, and if it needs to be, it would be, but, uh, but this is, this is literally something for us to understand that circumstances, people, whatever it is, God is bigger than, than what we're facing. And we can look at Roland Taylor's life and be, uh, be blessed. And we, we can, uh, you know, look at that and go, wow, I am inspired by that man. You know, his, 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 uh, it was by the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't, don't mistake that. It was, it was the Holy Spirit giving him the strength. Because as we read through, uh, you know, we, we see, I know we read in verse, verses six and seven where it says, you know, uh, uh, it talks of the sparrows and, and the Lord understanding that that great God cares for us. We don't have to question his his love for us and his faithfulness towards us. We're of more value than any of those things could be, and he knows us better than anybody. What's really funny is um, uh, they talked about, uh, when I, I was reading a statistic about, about the numbers of hairs on our head, is that redheads have uh, less hair follicles than uh, anybody who, who, you know, who's maybe brown, uh, you know, got brown hair or and blonde hair has more hair than anybody else. So that was kind of funny. But no matter what we look like, the Lord knows the number of hairs that are on our head. I've told you guys that I've shared that with the kids because it's something. So I love the simplicity of that because think of how complex I told you about my dog. You know, we lost our dog here a little bit ago, uh, couple weeks ago, um, uh, he, he, he got sick and we had to put him down, but he was a double coated yellow lab. So that means lots of hair. And, and Jen uh, always did her best to like, but uh, you know, she could sweep in the morning and, and mid afternoon and by night, there's still clumps of hair. She's like, where does this come from? You know, but you know, the Lord knows the number. He knows us so well that he can, he can tell us the numbers of hair on our head. 
So he's the, the God of all creation, but he knows us so intimately that more than anybody else could. Yes, fear him. Fear him and, and don't fear what, what any man could do, but we can fear him knowing that he loves us and he cares for us and takes care of us. That, isn't that an awesome trade-off? It's just it, it's such a blessing. We're gonna we're gonna read this next section, uh, verses eight through twelve, and then uh, we'll we'll end uh, with chapter twelve. Uh, sorry, with verse twelve. Told you, I'd, yeah, with verse twelve. So this continues. Uh, so at the end of verse seven, it says, "Do not fear; therefore, you are, are of more value than many sparrows." Verse eight. Also, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men. Him, the Son of Man, will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And anyone who speaks a word against me, uh, the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates uh, and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. That's a, uh, that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing for us to, to read through all of that because it does really go with uh, you know, what was being said, verses 4 through 7. You know, it's a continuation of what Jesus didn't break it and say, "Okay, we're going to in your uh, 2021 Bible, you're going to be able to see these breaks in there. This is the Lord just speaking continuously. We broke it up so it would be easier to reference these things. Uh, And that is even in a different subtitle um, of a a group of, of verses in my Bible. But really, as you continue reading through that. Don't always don't always trust a subtitle that was put in here by a publishing company or whatever. Just keep reading, and and sometimes sometimes it's great because it will help you understand there might be a change in topic. But when you're reading through here, it's very much a continuation because Jesus just said, you know, when he's saying, you know, don't fear, uh, don't be afraid of of man and and those things, and he goes on to continue that that as you're brought in front of people, you don't have to try to rehearse what you're going to say. If you you look at Acts chapter seven. Uh, you know, Stephen just just blasts everybody, you know, and, and just pours out the, the gospel, you know, goes from way back and all the way through uh, the scripture and, and lays out a, a, an awesome sermon and loses his life for it. But that's what the Lord is saying is when you need those answers, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to, like, write them down and put them in your pocket. You know, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is going to give us the answers that we need. Sure, write them down, know them, and, uh, you know, the Lord may may use uh, you know those things to, uh, to have, not saying it's a bad thing to take notes or or have things written down but w- when we have the Holy Spirit speaking to us it's not like we you know, like oh we need God and my special notepad you know uh, it's it's very much not that at all it's uh, you know the Lord is going to prepare us for what we need and he's going to, now how many times have we ever been in a, a situation may not uh, may not have been that but maybe in a time of sharing our faith where we're like, ah, you know, I, I, what would I ever say? And then, boom, you know, we're in that situation, and, and we may say or do something, and someone's like, wait a minute, that I, it's undeniable that, that that just happened. I uh, I had an experience once, and I, I have to I have to kind of code this, and I'm sorry that I need to, um, but I I I have experienced something recently in my life that literally brought me to where I needed to be so that the Lord could literally save somebody's life. 
And uh, when I, at the end of that situation, looked and I said, if that, if, if God not had not, this is not me saying that I saved anybody's life. Don't get me wrong. It was the Lord in his mercy just sustaining somebody else's life, saving somebody else's life, just putting the right pieces where they needed to be. And I was one of those little pieces that, and, and it literally meant that that person didn't lose their life. And it was undeniable for me, undeniable. I told my wife, I got home from, uh, you know, where I was at. And I just said, oh my goodness, this just happened. And I said, it's, it's undeniable. It, it's, there, there's no way anybody could change it in, in my life, in, in my heart. The Lord will guide us. He will put us where he wants us. He will give us the words we need to say. We just need to be obedient and trust him. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, that it would never be said of us, your children, that we are hypocrites. We uh, may have been, but Lord, may it not be part of our lives, that we wouldn't be wearing a mask, faking a relationship with you and having a whole other life outside of here. If that's the case, Lord, then change our hearts. Oh, Lord, our hearts want to always go back to the easy, the sinful way uh, that, that was robbing us and telling us there was fulfillment and joy and peace, and there was everything but that. Because sin's uh, ultimate thing is to, to lead us away uh, by our desires and separate us and, 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 and then kill us. Um, but, Father, that we would embrace your truth and walk in it every day. Lord, that we would fear you, have a proper fear of who you are. And understand, Lord, that who you are as the creator of the universe, the almighty God, all-knowing, that you know everything about us and you still love us, that you're still so gracious towards us. Lord, help us not to doubt you and, and, and to trust our circumstances or anybody else more than you, Lord. Help us to stand boldly in your name and to trust in you and, and know that you are with us and, and you will uh, use us, lead us and guide us and speak to our hearts and through our, uh, through our lives. Help us, Lord, to just be uh, walking and, and sharing in what we're doing and saying and proclaiming your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.